This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on BYU Football Media Day 2021, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, June 17th, of course, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside my co-host for now almost eight years, Jerem Jordan. What do you mean for now? I'm just saying, up to, up to the date. And you want double the show content today. Uh, two hours. Listen, one hour is not enough. Two hours. We actually asked for four hours. They said, no, it's going to be two hours. Uh, loaded guest lineup. I'm stoked. Let's go. Yeah, must-see Media Day show lineup, including uh, an extended conversation with BYU football head coach Kalani Satake. After a two-year break from doing this annual event, we're so stoked to be back. Everything uh, on topic from the 12-team college football playoff recommendation to facing seven power fives, the intriguing starting quarterback race at BYU, and more details on the new Built for Life program. The A-list BYU football players, including all three quarterbacks, will be featured on this two-hour special that are battling for that starting position. At the same time, by the way. Oh, yeah. Together. That's going to be fun. Why not? Why not? It's going to be great. And uh, some defensive stars, one of the best running backs in the country, Tyler Algier, offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, on how in the world he's going to try and keep all of his outstanding playmakers happy when there's only one football to go around. Of course, athletic director Tom Holmo will join us as well. And as a precursor to the nation's best athletic director, a few notable BYU Sports Nation headlines. The women's track and field and cross-country teams have been named the USTFCCCCCA Program of the Year. The honor earned by the team with the highest combined national finish in cross-country, indoor and outdoor seasons. BYU women, the only team in the nation to finish top ten in each of them. What a season Pretty for awesome. the ladies. Or should I say seasons for the ladies. The men's track and field and cross-country team finished runner-up for USTFCCCA Program of the Year. The men finished just a half point behind Arkansas in the final standings, an outstanding showing altogether from the BYU track and field and cross-country program. So, speaking of those outstanding performances and an unforgettable year of athletics, we welcome in now the BYU Director of Athletics, Tom Homo, our first and in guest, studio guest in almost 14 months. Welcome, my friend. And no mask. And, and no, no mask. Yeah. Nice shirts. Hey, thank hey, you. Hey, yeah, you got the memo. We got the memo, actually, yeah. <laughs> hey, as you listen to those uh, track and field honors and you think back on the last year of athletics, of course, football is the topic of conversation today. It was an outstanding year for Kalani Satake and his guys. How would you sum up the whole year for BYU athletics? Thrilling. It started with football, and that's the way I describe it. It was just a thrill, week to week trying to get through all the things, seeing the wins, seeing the players start to really start balling, seeing the coaches develop, strengthening the systems and everything, and then going into the next season where it was all combined into one season. <laughs> that was thrilling just to see the student-athletes be able to do what they do best, play and play well. Thrilling. During the summer, we had a meeting and a conversation, and you said, listen, this team, I don't know when we're going to play, but they're going to be ready. They really were, and you cobbled together the schedule you could get together, and it ended up being one of the best seasons in BYU football history. In the preseason, hope always reigns. 
But how did you know that this team was going to be special? Because I, I sensed that you had a sense they were something different. I asked the coaches. <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, I spend a lot of time with our football coaches from this time right now until the start of the season. They're not with them. They go through spring ball. They make a lot of evaluations from spring ball. Then they do some work from last year's film. They put it together, and then they have anticipation. These guys are pros. They have a lot of experience. They know how to extrapolate, and they counted on a lot of players. What they were saying to me at this point last year was, if they all do what they're supposed to do, we're going to be really good. And they did exactly what they're supposed to do. And it was kind of a three-year build because there were a lot of guys like Brady Christensen and Zach Wilson and others who played as freshmen, and when you have that, there were some growing pains. It was 7-6, seven 7-6, and six, seven and six, but there were some thrilling wins in there. Then you get to 2020, and you kind of see the result. And then BYU had three underclassmen drafted. I think that's important to the program that, hey, you don't necessarily have to stay four years. You can come here and, and go pro. It's like one and done in basketball. Right. It really is. I think that the measure of a great program is you have good enough players that they can leave early. And so some people say, man, I'm so disappointed. I wish we would have had Zach for another year. No way. There's no way we're having Zach for another year or Brady or Dax. And so it's part of the growing pains. But one of the biggest things with last year is we had a lot of depth. And the question will be this year, can the players that we're counting on to fill in those gaps, are they going to come through like expected? On the heels of one of the best BYU football seasons, really, in the last 25 years, and certainly the best in almost a decade of independence. Now, as you were alluding to, the key is to try and keep it rolling. So what is sustainable from what BYU did last year in a strange pandemic year that you can use pushing forward when things normalize? It's really development. So like you guys said, a couple years ago when Brady was a freshman, you saw promise and he developed. I think that you look across a country in the, the greatest teams, they have kids that fill in. Like, who's this guy that's taking over for <laughs> name the Heisman Trophy winner at whatever school? And you don't even know what his name is, and he wins the Heisman. That's what the great teams do. And here at BYU, we have to start doing that. Right now, you see the depth that's coming back. And then there's guys that you don't know their names yet. You guys would, for sure. But most Cougar Nation won't know their names, and they're kind of waiting in the wings. And even though they might not play that much this year, it's critical that they develop this year for next year. And it's fun when you know the names of a lot of guys and you add those guys. And that's the case with 2021, which is super exciting. Now, this feels like a group that the guys returning who were leaders can sustain some of that sort of energy, focus, leadership part, and it's exciting. Like, you look at the offensive side of the ball, Tom. I, I don't remember a season recently where we felt like, wait, hold on, the receivers got better after last year? You add Dallin Holker, you add Chase Roberts and development. This is exciting. And then the O-line, it feels like, hey, we can plug and play with these guys now that it's been a couple years in this system. So, And then, and then you retain Aaron Roderick and Fesitake, so... This, this is exciting, especially on uh, offense and defense. Yeah, it's exciting. There's one big change from last year to this year, and that's the schedule. It's going to be quite, you don't a, have bit, to tell me, quite a bit more difficult. So I think one of the things that our coaches are doing right now is they're not just, hey, here we go, let's do it again. It's more like how do we tool with the players that are returning last year, from last year 
with what they did. They just can't play at that same level. They can't. If we play at the same level as we did last year, it, we won't be near as good. Mm. Each one of those guys from last year that you're naming, they got to be better. They got to get better. All right, now some big picture stuff. And you joked earlier on Twitter this week that you might be asked about this. Yes, have you heard? There's a recommendation for the college football playoff to go from four teams to 12. What we want to know is how does BYU Athletics change its stance or posture differently now that this is being revealed after what was a secretive two-year plan from the college football playoff executive committee? Right. You could tell from the things that they were saying that it was probably going to be able to happen before the end of their contract. Now I can say that and say, oh, how do you know that? Well, I didn't really know it. But I just think Bill Hancock, who's the executive director of CFP, he was coy and said, you know, this, there's a contract, and he would avoid it at all costs. I kind of thought with the pressure that was coming from the media and just critics across the country, they had to do something before the end of the contract. And here it is. And I think they listened to people. They're college football fans in the media, fan bases across the country. And I think they're doing the right thing. So the question with the playoff is obviously you want to put yourself in the best position to make it. But it depends where making the playoff sits in the priorities of BYU football. Autonomy seems to be one of, if not the priority of BYU. Being independent uh, allowed you to play a season last year earlier where if you were in a league, you would not have been able to. Obviously, the connection with ESPN. We joke, BYU's in the ESPN conference. <laughs> That's awesome, right? So what, what are the factors that you'll look at in assessing whether joining a conference is the move you want to make in a couple of years? Like you said, autonomy would be the goal. And like I've said for a number of years, I, the reason I want it is I want our players, not just our football players, I want all of our players in all of our sports, because we're good, to be able to play against the best players in the country each week. It's just it's the way it feels when you go to the NCAA championships in, in uh, track and field in Eugene and you see kids in BYU uh, gear all over the track and people are going, hey, you from BYU? I'm like, yeah, we're from BYU. You know our kids are competing against the best. And if you can compete against the best on a regular basis, like our track team does, like our cross-country teams do, you can win. It's hard to not compete against them, get into a tournament, and all of a sudden win. So the long way of saying that is we want to be competing. We want to be in a conference where we can play football yeah. against the best teams every year, every week. So that's the, the goal is to be in a, a conference at some point where you can play the best games? Power 5 certainly would be that, right? Right. Do you lessen a Power 5 potential invite if you join a group of five too early, given the TV contracts in 23-24? Yeah, I think all those are strategic. You really don't know. Right now, all those group of five conferences, all of them are saying, okay, is this just something where we get a better chance? If I was in one of those group of five conferences, I'd be thinking, how can we get stronger? Not just the... P5 schools or the Autonomy 5, I think everybody should be thinking, how do we get stronger? That's what we're thinking. The answer to it is, we haven't sat around for the last couple of years going, let's just wait until something happens. We have some possibilities of veins that we can take, but it depends on which veins have do not pass, <laughs> gate fence up. Clogged or, arteries. Here's a possibility. What's going to happen right now, guys, is there's a window of opportunity that's opening, and it's going to close. 
So while it's open, we'll make the best of the opportunities that are available to us, and we'll push it. Okay, so let's discuss that window of opportunity. Is it driven by the college football playoff mostly? Is it driven by uh, TV contracts ending? What, what's opening up that window? Well, I think it's, it has to do with the individual conferences and their TV contracts. Mm. So you have P5 schools or autonomy schools or conferences that they have individual. They're not all lined up in the same year. So if you're looking at what's this conference going to do and does BYU have a chance, you got to look at their their dates and see what's going on. Because once that once they sign that contract and there's no movement, then you wind the clock back up and it starts over again. And there's a couple different uh, conferences with different dates. You got to see what they want to do. They're, they play their cards. You think I play my cards close to the vest? <laughs> they play their cards very close to the vest. And you're not really sure exactly what they want to do. But you try to read between the lines. You try to see what they need in their conference. You kind of try to see what they're positioning. And don't think for a minute that these P5 schools aren't thinking, what's in it for us with 12? Because it's going to look... The SEC is not going to get weaker. I would say they're going to get stronger. They might get four teams mm. in, for all we know. I know the people in that conference, and that's what they're going to be shooting for. Yeah, certainly it's, it's beneficial to them. That's interesting. Okay, every year we talk about this, so we've got to bring it up and see if there's any update to this. Notre Dame. Notre what, Dame. What's the sitch? Hey, let me tell you. There's been some really good discussions with Notre Dame. Years past, it has been crickets on the set. <laughs> but I would say that there are good discussions. I think we're getting close to being able to put together a game that would benefit both of our schools. Outstanding. That's awesome. Okay, let's finish with this. We're all wearing the Built for Life Nike polos with the BYU insignia. Uh, it's been unveiled during the state of the program address. We got some details. How would you assess the new program and how it's going to impact BYU football and athletics overall? I think it's going to be a big strength for our football program. We'll start with football. This is a program that's going to encompass all of our teams at some point in time. But we're going to initially roll it out with football. Football is the one that kind of came up with the idea, and they felt like, we need to have experiences for our student-athlete outside and away from the field, the weight room, even the classroom that are in the community, in the businesses, in the companies across the valley and the state. We feel that the experiences that they can have in learning while they're at BYU will put them ahead of it. NIL Look, at, no, one, no one can get up here and speak about NIL right now. They're waiting. We're all waiting. There's just too many questions until legislation comes out from the government or the NCAA miraculously comes out with something that people can agree with. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and so we're just positioning ourselves to say it's not about the money. I want our student-athletes to be able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. They should be able to. I've been saying that for years. But in, not in place of that, but alongside of that, let's put our kids into a position where they can have success and they can have confidence as a student that they can place themselves in a position through mentorships, internships, working and knowing CEOs. There's a bunch of CEOs in the state of Utah that happen to be BYU fans. Mm. They want to help. They're on board. The Chamber of Commerce in Salt Lake City 
and here in Utah Valley and Silicon Slopes, they're involved. They're saying, hey, we want in. We want to put our arms around your kids. You put your arms around us. It's going to be successful. And so I just think it strengthens the program. It strengthens the individuals. Right now what we're doing is we're talking with individual players on our team. Some of them, you don't know their names. You won't even know their names. And we're working on their future right now before they become a household name. That's a beautiful thing. Outstanding. Cade Moore. <laughs> That's right. There's a good one down there. Tom, can't think of a better first guest to break our streak of no guests in studio in more than over a year. Thanks for hanging out with us Let's on Media Let's do it Day. again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, thanks so much, Tom. Okay, coming up, Kalani Satake will join the program and many other guests to talk about Bill for Life. Yes. What does Coach Satake think of a 12-team college football playoff and how it impacts BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. He's been working out, man. Look at him. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football, a history of offensive innovation, is a new documentary premiering today at 3 Eastern on BYU TV. How BYU Football has been an offensive trendsetter in all of college football. It's coming up on BYU TV and the app today at 3 Eastern time. BYU Football Media Day 2021. So good to be back after a year hiatus. We are live in Studio B for the moment. We'll be uh, venturing out uh, to a few studios Field trip today. I like this. First time for the show, right? Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. And it is now our pleasure to welcome in our second in-studio guest, the head football coach at BYU, Kalani Satake. Coach, did we did we get you the right snacks in the green room back there? You feeling good? Yes, I'm really happy. Thank you. Nice hat, by the way. Yeah, it fits me really well. I, I'm sorry, I'm surprised you guys got one big enough for my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it can fit on uh, my big head, then uh, we're good. There we uh, go. You'll, we, you'll test it out for me. We kind of golfed the other day. We didn't get to hang out directly, but we saw each other. How'd you play? Oh, my golf game's not great, but that's okay. BYU fans don't need my golf game to improve right now. If your golf game's too good, <laughs> that's there's a something problem. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I promise all the fans it will not get yeah. better. That's why you let Kyle Whittingham win the other day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kalani Satake with us on BYU Sports Station. It is 2021 BYU Football Media Day. All right, we just got done talking to the athletic director, Tom Homo. A lot of interesting stuff there, talking about windows opening and closing, depending on TV rights and the college football playoff. So let's just start with the recommendation for a 12-team playoff. What was your initial reaction to finding out that it was going to go from 4 to 12, being in a unique situation at BYU? I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool that they're opening it up and and, um, giving an opportunity to other teams, you know, and, and seeing the excitement that the fans have for uh, a bigger and broader um, playoff, and so uh, I, I just like that the fact that it, it feels inclusive right now for all for everybody, G5s or P5s or independents, it doesn't matter, and uh, that that's a good sign for us at BYU. Listen, your job is to win games. You're going to let Tom deal with all of that, but I'm sure you have an opinion, and I think I know your answer. But I'll ask you anyway. Um, what do you feel like is the best option for BYU to get into a playoff one day? Because uh, BYU wants to schedule tough, and it's going to be hard to have zero or one losses in a kind of regular year, right? Yet a G5, if you're the highest ranked, you could still maybe have two losses and get in, right? So uh, at the end of the day, your job is to win games. But what's your opinion on this? Yeah, my job is to win games, and I don't like talking about possibility of losing. So, uh, <laughs> so I, when you go undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to go there first. I want to just, well, what, I what do you want? Then? We want to perform at our best, there and you when go. we do that, I... Yeah. I I think we have a really good chance of, of success, and that's that's going to be the, the goal for us. And I, I think that 
Everything else on the outside, I'll let all the other people handle it. But it, it, it seems for me to be trending in a way that's fair for everyone. And, and that's the good news. Sure. It's because, yes, it's felt like, listen, there's no shot at a 14 playoff. There's not even a shot for every Power 5. So this will be awesome. And let's say you do have a season where you only lose one game. There's a chance you get into the 12-team playoff. And that opportunity is exciting. I just like that it gives a lot more possibilities mm -hmm. and um, options for, for a champion rather than, I mean, I, I think you can see that the same four teams more like have, have been there since, since they started this thing and uh, it doesn't really give much to the imagination of possibilities right now. You don't know who's going to win the NBA championship. You don't know who's going to, and that's the, 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 the excitement of the, whole, of the whole setup and I think that the fact that they're thinking about it and they're, they're looking at, at, at trying different things, that's I mean, that, that's a good sign, and I think it's going to be really good for, for college football. If you don't join a group of five, would you want an independence to maybe do like three or four power fives and give yourselves a better shot at that? Does that matter to you? I don't know. I, I don't know how far along the schedules are, and that's probably more a question for Tom. It is, but I just like asking. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask Tom, and then I'll get back to you. No, I, I don't know all the answers to that. I just know that... Our guys are really excited to play a full schedule, and, sure. and one that's we know that we're gonna we're gonna get to right, and so that that that's what we're looking forward to is is right now, um, the talk about the future and op and options and possibilities in the playoff, that's really cool for for the the sport altogether. But um, man, we just gotta focus on on, on mm -hmm. facing Arizona and Las Vegas. Let's talk about the 2021 schedule, and it was not your fault. You, BYU, incredibly, as an independent, were able to cobble together a schedule, finish number 11, go 11-1. and one. It was a remarkable season for a lot of reasons, but you couldn't play any Power Fives. You tried several occasions, got shut down. Now you take on seven Power Fives. What is the key to transitioning from a schedule that featured none to now seven Power Five opponents? I think in, in last year's schedule, what a lot of people probably miss is the opportunity for so many guys to get valuable reps. And, 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 and when we were able to change guys out, I mean, Zach could have had way better stats, and, and, and we could have had better stats for a lot of different people, but uh, getting that valuable time for the, the depth to play uh, um, real-time football that you can't simulate any other time in practice. So having those guys be out there, it's going to be really fun that – that it's not going to be their introduction to football. There's going to be some. Some guys come home from missions, other guys are transferring. But for the most part, we really feel good about the experience and the guys going into it. They're, they're not just a regular newcomer. They're, these are guys that have had valuable playing experience time. Why do you like your chances against seven Power Fives, specifically with the personnel that you bring back? Well, I think the, if you look at last year, performing at our best at, and, and uh, trying to get to perform at our best, we did that really consistently. Um, and so we hope that carries over to, to this year. And if we can do that uh, against Arizona, I, I like our chances. If we do that against the rest of the schedule, I like our chances. The goal is to get there, be consistent, and then if we, we're going to have to rely on our depth and make sure that that depth performs as good as we want them to. And maybe some new names that you guys haven't heard from, like last year, will pop up. I know they will, and, and uh, hopefully that will give us really good results. Go ahead and just tell us all those names right now. <laughs> List them up. They're the all on the roster. Yeah. yeah. They're on this depth chart. Uh, that's like 58 dudes on defense. Can we can we show this? I mean, th everyone got on here, which is super exciting. Um, but yeah, can't wait to break this down the next couple of weeks. Okay. That's depth. That's yeah. depth, yeah. right? Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, and we know the stars for some here. But with quarterback, 
Ideally, how much time before Arizona do you know the starter so that you can prepare with that guy with the ones? I don't, I don't know if you could um, really put yourself in a time crunch. Mm. I think that we have a lot of practices to work with, a lot of time even now in the summer. Um, I, I think that a lot can happen between now and uh, you know, and, and when fall camp starts, and a lot can happen even within fall camp. So even from voluntary player in practices, yeah, okay. yeah, and a lot of improvement. And so we'll see how it looks in August when when coaches are available and to be at practices. And uh, who knows how that's going to shape up? But I know that those guys are working really hard, and the team looks really good right now. Okay, so to follow up on that, are you telling us that you want a starter named as soon as possible? That would be nice. That would make my life easier, right? And I think it'll make everyone's life easier, but. Is it the right thing to do? Is it? I, I don't want to sit here and say, "Hey, Arod and Fessy, you guys have to make a decision by middle mid, midway in camp." Yeah, I don't think that's right. You know, um, I think that the, you kind of just let it play out, let the guys compete. The the good thing is that these three young men really elevated their play in spring ball, and and um, we hope that there would be a little bit more separation even within the three. But they all mm. at different times elevated their game and. And made it really hard for, the, for us to choose. So it's a good problem to have for us. So, so Jaron Hall's healthy and ready to go. Yes, he's ready to go. That's great. Obviously, yep, all three are ready to go. Mm. And that's amazing. Um, we've talked about Jacob on, on, and, uh, on and off the uh, you know show. He comes in with this fiery attitude. He kind of reminds me of Max Hall a little bit, where he's like, "Listen, I don't care that I'm the freshman. I don't care that last year I had to be a walk-on. That shows his level of sacrifice. It's impressive." And to say that he fits in with those two is, is pretty notable because they've played and we've seen that they can win important games. Yeah, and, and, and they all have three different personalities, but they're all three great leaders, and they're all very effective, and they work really well together as a team. I saw those three with, with Zach in the same room um, elevate our offense and, our, and, our, and, and really led our team culture. And, so, um, and seeing the way these three compete and the way they work together and the way they care for each other uh, you can imagine how that's affecting the team in, in a positive way. All right, we're into the two-minute drill here, Coach. So we're going to uh, throw some rapid-fire questions at you. You can give okay. us the short answers. We want to get to as many as we possibly can. Okay. So the first question is uh, from the defense. What do you bring back on the defensive line? Short answer. A lot of talent. <laughs> what, are, okay. what are the strengths of the, te- the whole team, in your opinion? Strength. <laughs> Weight strength room. is the strength. Yeah. The weight room yeah. is the yeah. strength. Commitment to the weight room and, 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 and you know, off-season conditioning. What's the biggest question mark coming back for 2021 BYU football? The biggest question mark? Well, I would have to say the quarterback. Okay. Position. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, how many thousand-yard receivers will there be? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> good answer. Yeah. True or false? This is the most talent you've had on a roster overall since taking over as head coach. I, well, that's, that's kind of a, a difficult question to answer, but I would say possibly. Trending in the right direction? Yes, yes. Okay. All right. You uh, survived the lightning round. Okay. Very... That wasn't that hard. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> this is the easiest interview you would do all day. I thought you were going to ask my favorite band of food, stuff like that. That would be really hard for me to choose. What's your favorite band? Band? Musically. Yeah, I can't even choose one. You have to give me a, give, give a specific genre. What genre. What's your favorite genre? I don't have a favorite genre. That's the problem. What's your least favorite genre? Um, well, probably opera. I just don't understand it that well. Yeah, Italian. I don't know Italian. Either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
But everything else I'm, I'm, I'm good for. Nice. Finish with this. What are you hoping to accomplish in now this very valuable time off before you get into fall camp? How, how do you balance everything, personal life, and with the pressures of being a head coach as you push towards He's not the bishopric anymore, so that's one thing. <laughs> Thanks for announcing that. I think that's not something that should be celebrated, but uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to... I'm celebrating for you. I'm looking forward to my new calling. That I don't know what it is yet, but yeah, I'm... Uh, personally, I, this is so much fun for me. You know, I love BYU football. I love being the coach here and um, media day, all that comes with it. I, I just, I love it. So if, if you ever see me, BYU fans know that they see me, we can hang out and talk. And so I'm, there's nothing about it that's really difficult for me. You going to keep that hat on for other interviews? Um, I, you know, what would really match the hat <laughs> if I had a mask, that's my best look. Yeah, so, the yeah. mask. Yeah, the I'm superhero. A, I might just bring the mask back just for the sake of people not having to look at me. <laughs> oh, you do look tough. I do, huh? Yeah, yeah you look okay, tough. Well, you look I'll tough do, with the mask. It's like I'll a Bane mask. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There we go. We're done with masks here. We, All right. Yeah, hey, we're, we're, why don't you hang out with us for a little while longer? We'll talk built for life and uh, have some friends join us in Studio C. Let's do it. Thank you. All right. Okay, coming up later, Elias Tuiaki will talk about the defense. Have him explain the 58 guys on this. <laughs> Plus. As mentioned, the Built for Life program through the coaches and partners' wide-angle lenses. We'll see you in Studio C in about two minutes. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Welcome back to BYU Football Media Day 2021 on BYU Sports Nation. Field trip to Studio C we need to do from this Studio B. Way more often. Way more often. This is awesome. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. As you can see, we are joined by a bevy of fantastic guests, including Kalani Satake, who made his way over with us as well, uh, the former governor of the state of Utah, who is also uh, the Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce Executive Chairman, Governor Gary Herbert. We're also joined by Derek Miller, the president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber, and Gary Verone, Associate Athletic Director of Student Athlete Experience. Thanks for being with us, gentlemen. Happy to be here. We wanted to do something different, and uh, we certainly have accomplished that here today. Uh, but first, we want to educate ourselves on this Built for Life program, and we're going to start with you, Coach, uh, with the first question. What was the genesis of the Built for Life program? Well, I think the, to take the next step in, in our player experience and give them um, the education and, and the uh, mentors, mentoring that they need. Um, we, we've seen in the, in the years past uh, how... Uh, rapid things can move and with name image and likeness and other things that's happening it felt like it was a good time to, to do things and, and, to, and to move in that direction and the fact that we were able to have the best economy in the country here in our state and and, um, and locally and then with the hard work of, of these men here you know and so it's, it's been something that we could partner up with and that it just made a lot of sense and some that I was really on board with uh, with the help of Gary Verone and and, and, and Billy and others that have helped us out. This is something that we're really excited about. It would be good enough to have a program, even if this economy was just decent, but this is the best economy in the country. You talk about Silicon Slopes and the uh, Utah Valley and Salt Lake Chamber. So, Governor Herbert, how will this partnership benefit the BYU athletes and especially the football team to start? Well, let me first offer my congratulations, Coach Sataki and AD uh, Tom Homo, for being proactive. Mm. This is a kind of a new frontier we're heading into, and, and I, I think the Built for Life is going to help not only the athletes monetize their abilities, but also prepare them for life, uh, make sure that they understand how to manage their money. And most of them want to be in the pros, but most of them won't. And so this will help them beyond their, their college days 
and into kind of the more reality of what most of them will face. So it's going to help prepare them for life. So let's fast forward to 10 years from now. How do we see this uh, going for the athletes in terms of not only monetization, but preparing them to excel after football? Well, there's a lot of opportunities in the marketplace. You know, playing pro football would be with a goal for most football players, but most of them won't make it. But guess what? A good education, and there's plenty of opportunities. The best place in America to find a job is right here in Utah Valley along the Wasatch Front in the state of Utah. Best, most diverse economy in America. So that gives them opportunities to provide themselves with a good job and a good living, raise their family, and have a good life. And tell me about the timing of that, because it seems like it's perfect with the way things are going uh, economically in Utah Valley right now. Well, it's hard to be better than number one, and uh, <laughs> that's where we're at. And so uh, we've had the best decade probably in Utah's history, economically certainly, and that will continue now. I think we are doing things very well at the state level and the local government level. And the private sector stepped up. We've got just wonderful entrepreneurs and, and, and employees that are making things really attractive here in Utah to do business. I think the previous governor did a pretty good job economically. Yeah. It, it went yeah. well, right? You know, it, yeah. It, yeah, we, we could say that, yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, I'll second the motion. <laughs> that helps. And now a question for Derek Miller. And I need to compliment your blue suit. It's, this it's is amazing. intentional. I'm a, I'm a suit guy and needs to be complimented. Uh, what excites you most about the Salt Lake Chamber's uh, relationship and uh, experience with Built for Life to this point? Well, what excites me personally is I get to be here in my hometown of Provo, Utah, and here on campus of my alma mater, and especially to share the stage with uh, my former boss and, and a mentor and a friend and now Governor Herbert's role at the Utah Valley Chamber and me, of course, at the Salt Lake Chamber to be able to work together again is great and especially to support BYU athletics. I think as, uh, for our members, and, you know, the Salt Lake Chamber is a statewide organization. It, we have about 8,000 businesses and organizations that we represent in all 29 counties across the state. What they're, I think, excited about is something that's a focus for us is diversity and inclusion. As I think about the organizations in our state that are probably the most diverse and most inclusive, I think about our sports teams. And we do a great job of recruiting and bringing a, a diverse and talented um, student-athletes to our state. And a Built for Life program, I think, is going to give them opportunity to want to stay in our state. And that's going to be a great benefit to us and our economy going forward. It's such a moving target with the name image likeness because we don't know much about it yet. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of ruling on it. So how are you prepared to handle whatever comes out to help the student athletes that are going to be directly partnered with you? Well, what I love about what BYU is doing and Tom Homo and Coach Satake and, and others is being proactive because we don't know exactly what the details of this ruling will look like. But, you know, we talked about being the top economy in the country, and that didn't happen by accident. That's because we were proactive. We were forward-thinking. We worked hard. And whatever challenge we face and whatever changes come, we've always got to be proactive rather than reactive, and that's what I love about the Built for Life Safe program. to say you're embracing this thing. Yeah, love it. <laughs> A lot of BYU uh, grads who are CEOs, which is great, which brings us to this, Gary. Obviously, NIL, people are like, okay, how much, how much straight cash, homie, are we shelling out to? It's, it's more than that, right? And even then, we don't exactly know, okay, who is going to make what? and how? It's more than that. And Built for Life is awesome because... Like Governor Herbert said, a lot of these athletes aren't going to play professionally. So tell us more about the program and how it will benefit the average player that probably isn't going to go pro. 
Well, I think the hallmark really is it has an individualized focus for the individual athlete. It was in a large part built by athletes, made for athletes. So what we're going to do when somebody comes in who's new to BYU is give them and walk them through an individualized experience plan. We want them to help chart out and map out their course towards success, whether that's next month, next year, while they're still a student athlete here at BYU, or in 20 years. We want to know who you are, we care about you, we love you, where you want to be, what's your academic interests, and how can we help you achieve your goals, your dream job in the future. And that wouldn't be possible without these fine gentlemen right here and those partnerships. In, in relation to the NIL stuff, we can do 80% of this even without NIL legislation in place. Mm. And so we're excited about that aspect. But no matter what NIL the landscape looks like at the end of the day, we're prepared and it's malleable enough to take on any challenge and any hurdles that we might face with NIL. And we also know that NIL is probably going to change over the course of several years as well. It's not a fixed set of rules when the NCAA passes something or the federal government passes a bill. So we're ready and prepared, thanks to Coach uh, Sataki and Tom Homo, to make that work for our entire program in football and then hopefully in the future to all of our athletes across the 21 sports. So Billy Nixon, he has a doctorate. So Dr. Nixon uh, is in charge of the player experience. That We see the jerseys, we see the locker room. How does this kind of tie in with that with an individual who comes in? Because it seems like being an athlete in 2021 is way better than it used to be. I, I, agree, I agree with that. And so, you know, Coach Sataki has been asking the support staff for years now, how do we hit the right touch points to enhance the student athlete experience? So Billy and I are best friends, and because of that, we've actually looked at the program holistically for about 18 months now and have looked at the different aspects of how do we recruit, how do we enhance recruiting. When they come in, what can we do to improve their experience here for themselves, for mom and dad? How do we commit to them and show them that we love them in a meaningful way? And we think that this individualized focus but collective growth mentality is going to demonstrate that. Oh, great stuff, Gary Verona. All right, Coach, uh, one final question. I know this has only been out for a number of hours officially, thanks to Media Day, uh, but it's been going now for a few months, a few weeks. So how have your players embraced what little they know in this Built for Life program? Well, the wonderful thing about the program is its data and, and uh, feedback that we received, specifically Gary Verona and, 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 and um, Billy Nixon, in, in the fact that they did surveys uh, talk to so many different um, student athletes, and not just here at BYU, uh, all across the board, whether they're P5 or G5 and independent, and collected a lot of data. And this is the necessity of, of a student athlete nowadays. And so this is actually created by their needs and their willingness to grow and get better, and it requires great mentorship and, and, and friends in the, in the community. And we're just really fortunate to have the, the best economy in the country. And so... Uh, it makes a lot of sense to do it now and, and to have this available for our, our student-athletes. All right. Kalani, Governor, Derek, Gary, thanks for joining us and uh, giving us some really great insight into the Built for Life program. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right, Jeremy, let's keep it rolling. Okay, coming up, Les Tuiaki explains how BYU is going to better its number four scoring defense from last year. You ready? We, to, you we ready, hope. You ready to run again? I think we, I, we can walk. It's definitely Okay, we can walk. Yeah. Hey, we'll get defensive with the uh, mastermind coach behind the BYU defense, Jeremy Etsy Lysa Tuiaki, making his way to Studio B. Stay with us for more media day coverage. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Fury Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Subscribe today to get interviews, insight, compelling and rich conversation, mainly from Spencer Linton and Kiki Solano. I know Elisa Tuyaki has subscribed to this, which is very exciting for us. BYU Football Media Day 2021 continues now back in Studio B. This is unprecedented stuff we're pulling off here. I kind of took my time and then was rushed in, and I'm like a little out of breath, <laughs> even though we didn't go up any stairs. <laughs> Get it? It's live television. It's stressful. It <sighs> requires extra like, amounts of oxygen. Like Chris Farley going on the uh, Letterman show, just doing cartwheels down the, the rows. Absolutely. Hey, I tell you what, uh, a man who is absolutely ready for the stress of football is defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. He's back with us in Studio B. So great to have you here, Coach, in person. Can't say it enough with Tom and Kalani. Those guys, this is this is a kind of feels like a new experience for us to have you back in studio. I've missed you too. <laughs> have you really? <laughs> it was weird though last year, right? Obviously everything was weird, but we we did all our interviews remotely outside of you know Spencer and I on the field sometimes after games. But yep. it just feels like we're kind of back to normal, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's a great thing. I'm excited to be back. All right, let's uh, take the wide-angle lens on this 2021 BYU football defense. What is the strength of the defenders that you bring back in 2021? The backers. The backers. We've got, uh, you know, Peyton Wilgar, uh, Keenan Peely, Max Tooley are the, are the guys that really stick out. And there's, there's obviously a lot of other guys that are contributing. But those players, when they're on the field, are big, big difference makers. I've never questioned the depth or skill of the linebackers ever at BYU. It's a position that seems to be loaded every year. Do you find that while it's not easy, maybe it's easier to recruit a certain position like linebackers at BYU where you can get really good players consistently? I think so. You know, I think so. I think uh, there's, there's just a certain... There are certain body types that uh, that Mormon people have. Brady Papinga has brought this up. They're all linemen and they're backers. <laughs> he said the mountain region produces all linemen, backers, and tight ends. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, okay. Let's talk about this depth chart, by the way. It's I'm, it's a lo- it's a I'm, loaded depth chart. I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of dudes, which is very exciting. Um, this is the post spring depth chart. Um, okay, there's there's a few positions on here. Different packages. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. There's there's different packages. You've got you know we're rovers, a lot, fro, yeah, cinco, nickel, dime. A lot of people ask us. Yeah. Um, um, you three four or four three? It's a it's really an, an outdated question. And nowadays in today's football, everyone's pretty multiple, um, and it all really just depends on what the offense is doing. Everything is offensive driven, and so you've got to you've got to make sure that your defense is sound against whoever you're playing and whatever they're doing, and um, you know they're. You, you have one package, okay, two package, starts to get a little bit confusing, and then you, now you have multiple packages where you're doing a bunch of different things and guys are moving around. You've got to have all these different names in order to, uh, in order to make sure that uh, they're not crossing over in their minds the way that they're remembering certain packages. I just want to know what the Frodo position is. Ben Bywater or Drew Jensen? <laughs> Frodo. The, we going to Mordor or what? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the Lord of the Rings fan, by the way, that chose Frodo? Uh, so that, okay, scheme, easy, right? Right, right? The hardest part about just defense, or even offense, is coming up with what you're going to call it. I mean, we sit there. <laughs> That's the hardest part? We'll sit there and be like, okay, it's got to be an F or a B word because it's a field or boundary, or it's got to be a this or this, got to be a this or this. And then we'll start pulling up synonyms and just kind of like looking at things, <laughs> like, oh, I like that. I really don't like that. And, you know, just, I don't know how we come up with these. Just eventually it comes down to just, okay, all right. We all agree. Raise your hands. Frodo. It's all like Frodo. Who, who chose Frodo? 
I, I can't even remember the story behind that one. What about, what about Joker? <laughs> the Joker is a, is a three, four package uh, Jack. So it's basically okay. Jack's cousin. So anything that starts with a J, the Jack right. normally came from the boundary, and it's, you know, that's... Hey, Jack Nicholson played the Joker. There's there you a, there's go. There's a tie-in right there. There there's you a, go. There's a natural tie-in. I is. like that. So when we talk about, you know, Cinco and Nickel, you know, Nickel meaning the fifth yeah. defensive back, Cinco yeah. meaning five, obviously, yeah. in Spanish, that's a different package but something similar. Josh Wilson's yeah. there. He's a backer, yeah. but Ammon... Hanneman's in there. He's a safety. Yeah. So it yeah. just kind of depends. Yeah, it, it it depends on on what we're doing and how we're doing things. And so, the cinco and the nickel. You know, sometimes it correlates to a three down front or four down front. Is it three D tackle bodies? Or are you playing like a four zero four? Or are you playing a five zero five? And um, you know, there's so many things that just go into that. And so that's how those guys are identified. And you know, is it a nickel? Is it a nickel back? Is it a nickel that basically is? Like Did you a cover just say corner? nickel back? Yeah. Did you like Nickelback? Oh, back in the day? I don't know what that is. <laughs> a, the a band group? Nickelback. I'm glad, I'm glad you, you don't know, know Nickelback. Look you know, at no. this photograph. <laughs> don't, do don't do that for the rest of us. <laughs> you don't know who Nickelback is. I probably is? know their songs. That's a blessing. I yeah. That's it's a good thing. I'm like shocked, but kind oh, of happy my. you don't know. <laughs> Anyways, we'll chat later about Nickelback. All right. I was meeting it. We started talking about Nickelback. Recover. Okay. What's the biggest question mark you have on the defensive side? Do you like the linebackers, obviously. What's the biggest question mark? Uh, I like all the groups. I mean, there's, there's a love our team. I, I think we have a really good team. We're young. We're young. There's not, there's not as much experience on this team as there was last year, obviously, with all those guys leaving. But um, there's, there's always going to be a new, a new storyline. Somebody, you know, like your Tyler Batty, who all of a sudden came in and just uh, was, was immediately a guy. I mean, there's... There are going to be guys that, that stick out. Um, love the corner group. I, th I, think, uh, I think it might be one of the more, in all the years that we've been here, it'll probably be the most talented corner group wow. that we've had. Mm. Uh, just a lot of length, a lot of speed, uh, not as much game experience. And so we'll have to see what happens. Micah Harper was the freshman who played the most on defense. He's come back from a knee injury. Is he expected to play much, maybe at the end of the year? What's it really situation? just, yeah, we're going to be really careful with him. Mm. Um, it, it really just depends on his progress. But um, he's a guy that we've already kind of slotted to move to safety. And so, mm. okay. um, you know, he may be the new, whatever, whatever the next guy we name, that plays a little bit of safety and moves to corner the same, they, the same way we did with Diane and Troy. Just don't infringe on Ben Bywater's Frodo position, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to make an impact besides Tyler Batty on the defensive line? We bring Lopaleatawa back from COVID year, and he's one of the few uh, seniors that decided to come back because uh, he just wasn't healthy the whole year. But Broke his leg in fall broke camp. Broke his leg in fall camp yeah. and, and uh, came back and played, I don't know, the last four or five, but just in a, in a, um, you know, just in a role. But, uh, you know, he had a really good spring. Um, really love the way that he looks right now. And obviously, he's played for us in the past and really confident with him. And, and uh, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to bring a lot to the table. Lorenzo Faltea back from injury. Lorenzo Tyler Batty back. back from injury. Caden Hawes. Caden Hawes. Atunaisa Mahe, is he? So Nisa comes back as well. And, at, he's gonna and be, knows, he, he kind of the Kairos Tonga type. Yep, he played for us in the spring. Um, limited, just because we were kind of bringing him back. But uh, he's... He's going to be a guy that's going to be a really good player. I mean, I see Gabe Summers is another one. Earl Mariner and Gabe Summers, 
were the probably the D tackles that stuck out the most in the spring. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Caden Hawes and Nice Mahem, those guys are really, really good players. All right, we'll finish with the safeties. Who are your guys at safety right now? So Chaz, Chaz, and and uh, Malik were the ones that were really kind of going back and forth. But it really is pretty wide open with all the other guys. I mean, we've got a lot of talent at the safety spot, um, and you know, there's, we're gonna we're gonna have to have a lot of those guys step up to be to be contributors. Did you have a moment last year where we were like, whoa, we were pretty good? Number four scoring defense. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, that's it, the, the all of the uh, credit goes to the players, but um, we don't we don't talk enough about what a phenomenal offense does for the defense, and that's that's what really all the years that we've been here, and this has obviously been the best offense, but. It's, it changes everything of the game, you know, where uh, the two years before that, we were defending, you know, so many more run plays because we were down at the end of the games and people were just trying to play keep away. And, and there was questions about sacks. Well, we're, we're not, nobody's really passing. Everybody's running the ball because we're not winning as much as we should or we're behind. And then all of a sudden you flip it over and we're up by a certain amount of points and teams, if they want to keep up, are passing more and there's more opportunities for sacks. And mm. it, it, it just changes everything for us. I mean, we've been... It's it's been awesome to have uh, you know A Rod and you know Grimy. The job that they did last year was was really really fun for us on defense. Don't call him a joker. You can probably call him a Frodo. Definitely call him a defensive coordinator. Star Elisa Tuiaki with us on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. And sorry for the Nickelback. Nickelback. I apologize. I'll listen to That's Kalani. <laughs> Coming up, all three potential starting quarterbacks together. And we wrap up our number one with the biggest thing we learned on BYU Sports Nation Media Day. Look at this photograph! <laughs> this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast. Let's wrap up the first hour. Best thing I saw, probably uh, Elisa Tuiaki not knowing Nickelback. When your mic got turned on, that was great. Uh, all three <laughs> quarterbacks coming up together. Running back Tyler Algier, linebacker Keenan P, the offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. Yes. Are you not entertained? Stay tuned for hour two. The A-list players in Studio B, or, they, or hour two of BYU Sports Station, BYU Football Media Day. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B. Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Best quarterback in this draft when it's all said and done is going to be Zach Wilson. Quarterback runs for Wilson straight ahead. That's sweet. First down. Zach Wilson is gone, as we are from Studio B and back in Studio C. As our field trip fund continues on BYU Football Media Day 2021. Of course, the quarterbacks are on topic right now. We have all three with us in here that are kind of vying for that position the 2021 season. We're going big here in hour number two. Yes, and if you missed hour number one, you can go to the BYU TV app, BYU radio app. And listen, all three of these guys hang out all the time. We just don't interview them together. But this is going to be a, a fun experience. Let's go. 
All right, so let's uh, jump right into uh, the second hour. You just saw those highlights from Zach Wilson, uh, but Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover, all with us. Your head coach uh, said very nice things about all of you, um, said that the competition is neck and neck. So with that said, what's the relationship like amongst you guys right now? And we'll ask that to all three. We'll start with you, Jaron. It's good. I mean, like you said, we're spending you know, all day together. Just like being at home, growing up with your siblings, you're together all day. It, that kind of has that same feel to it. So, you know, I'm blessed to have these two guys to be around all day. You know, they're good dudes and nothing but good to say about them. So you two have been together for a couple years now. Uh, and then, Jacob, you come into the fray last fall. Uh, what was it like integrating into this room with Zach Wilson and Jaron and Baylor and others? You know, growing up with all sisters, I just got a couple older brothers, and that's been <laughs> awesome. You know, get to learn and bond with these guys. It's been, it's been pretty cool. Baylor, how would you uh, sum up the relationship uh, between you three? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this over the years, um, and it's just it's competitive, and it's a good dynamic that we have where we're friends off the field, but when, we know when we cross that line we're competing. Um, and it's not cutthroat by any means, but there's, there's a seriousness to it when we're, when we're practicing. Okay, so obviously last year was special in many, many ways, and Zach Wilson's ascension to the number two pick was, was special to watch. What did you guys learn from that experience of being together? Because you were a part of that with him. He just happened to be the guy out there on the field making the plays that, that year. So it's possible for anybody, man. You know, seeing Zach starting out and his improvement through his three years playing, I mean, anybody can have that type of improvement if, if you have that type of work ethic that he did. You know, it's something you can learn and something you can develop to love. So, it, you know, it was, very, it was cool for all of us to see that happen and to be so close to him, you know, when it did. So, you know, just, it brings a lot of excitement to the room, I think, to the players. Did you see that signing bonus and thought, hey, that'd be nice next year, too? <laughs> Wouldn't be bad. <laughs> Dinner, lunch, whatever. Whenever Zach Wilson goes, it's always on Zach. It's got to right? be on Zach, right? It's always yeah. on Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Baylor, what did you learn specifically from Zach Wilson watching him ascend last year? Jaron mentioned the work ethic. What do you, what do you take away? Uh, similar to what Jaron said, uh, you, don't, you never know when that opportunity is going to come, and you have to take advantage of it when it presents itself. And that's what Zach did last year, and I mean, it's possible for any of us this year as well. Jacob, uh, you pay your dues as the scout squad guy, yet on Tuesday nights when Kalani Stocker would come over, it'd be like, oh, Jacob torched the defense today. It was fun to talk about. What did you learn last year in your uh, freshman year as you prepare to compete for the starting spot? I think it showed um, what BYU football really is. I mean, you look at this last draft class, we sent countless guys to the draft, or undrafted free agents, and it showed that this program is a top-tier millennial program that's ready to send everyone to the NFL if you're ready for it. All three quarterbacks with us on BYU Sports Nation, Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, and Jacob Conover. Jaron, uh, this next question for you. We've learned that you are now working with John Beck, as Zach Wilson did. Are you driving by yourself to California? Heavens no, man. My wife wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> she, uh, no, we fly out there when we go. You know, I'm not a big road, uh, road trip guy, so... It's not, uh, not my cup of tea to be behind the wheel. So we you know, take a nice flight there. I don't blame you for yeah. eating ramen on the road, gas station sushi, just, just show up at the Rexes. They'll feed you. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, what have you learned with John that's helped you? Man, John has such a you know, wide you know, plethora of knowledge for football, you know, both of, the, of film and, and how to be your best self. So he's been able to take kind of my, my, my uh, foundation and, and add to it, help me understand you know, how to use that, all my athleticism into you know, being a quarterback to make the throws and and just to get the best out of myself. So it's been fun to work, work with him and, and kind of learn from him. Any picks with any uh, NFL dudes there? No, no, no. No picks? Not, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, next time. All right, Baylor, question for you. Obviously, your brother Gunner is one of many outstanding receivers at BYU. The Nakua brothers come over. You've got a wealth of tight ends. 
What do you think about the receiving core? How would you assess them right now based on losing mm -hmm. Dax Milne but gaining so many other options? Yeah, I mean, they're explosive, man. It doesn't matter who's on the field when we're throwing right now. Like they, They're all looking really good. Um, I mean, it's good for all of us that there's so many weapons um, on the perimeter this year. Jacob, what's the relationship like with Gunner? Because you were high school teammates, same class and everything, and then it's Baylor's brother, and you've known each other forever, and you and Cash Peterman are making uh, TikTok videos all the time. <laughs> I mean, it seems like this is the Chandler homies, right? Yeah, you know, there's it's been an awesome relationship with Cash, Gunner, and all the other Chandler kids are going to come later down the road, and just, I mean, Baylor and I go way back. I mean, when he was training in high school, we had the same quarterback coach, and that's when we met Gunner, and then he moved to Arizona, and then Baylor left on his mission, and we just kept that relationship going. So he was a Nevada guy when you first met him, right? Yeah. And then moved over to BYU. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Who's the better TikTok guy right now? You or Cash Peterman? Oh, that's Cash's realm. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the side piece. He's the manager. I'm, I just do it. You two want to get in on this TikTok oh, fun? Nope. Not <laughs> oh, good. That's not me. Yeah, the personality fits Cash. Let's, let's be honest. Okay, let's do something fun. Let's have you talk about each other. So, Jaron, take a moment and talk about the strengths you see from these two guys. And then we'll, Baylor's looking forward to this. Look at him. <laughs> and then we'll do it for all three of you. Strength from Baylor. Great golfer. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Baylor's a very mature dude. You know, he's stepped up every time he's needed to throughout the years. You know, I've seen him from the sidelines, and you know, it's very admirable of how he just steps up. You can't even tell the dude's nervous, and he goes and plays. You know, it's that's the thing I've seen in him. And, and Jake coming in, you know, it's, yeah, he hasn't skipped a beat in his you know, excitement and love for football. It's something that I've learned from already. You know, whether you're in the locker room or on the field, the dude, he loves it, eats it up. And so, you know, I mean, there's plenty more good things to say about him, but those are. Kind of sure. Stand out. I agree with you. Baylor's the guy that can <clears> stare <throat> a cobra in the eye and be like, no, 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 no big deal. Baylor, do you get Around nervous? Do you sweat? Around snakes, I do. <laughs> I don't do snakes. In El Paso? Yeah, dude, right? Okay, so Baylor, your turn on these two. Yeah, um, I mean, Jaren's not the best at golf, but we won't go over his weaknesses. Uh, That's some clips. We get, <laughs> um, one thing about Jaren, he's always taking care of his business. Um, I mean, he won't tell you about it. He won't. He won't post about it. But he's he's getting his work done, and he'll do that in silence. And so that's something admirable uh, that I always see about him. And with Jake, um, Jaren mentions his excitedness about football. Um, this man lives, breathes football, and that's all he does all day. And he's always excited about it. So I always appreciate his attitude. Okay, Jacob, your turn. <laughs> Whether you want to or not. <laughs> you know these two dudes. Sorry, Jaren. Um, just coming in last year, being here, uh, we created a. Pretty awesome relationship. I just got to learn from them, um, just soaking all the information. They've both been here for a, co a couple years, and just to learn from their leadership and their willingness to help me coming in was just was monumental. Um, Jaron's got a love for the game in all sports. He's all around one of the greatest athletes I've seen. And Baylor has a cool, calm, and collectedness about him. I give the title a smooth operator, mm -hmm. and it's been awesome to watch him progress and get better and better each and every year. Jacob, you draw comparisons to Max Hall. How do you feel about those comparisons? Um, I mean, training down with Max in Arizona is awesome. He's become one of my best friends. He's a stud, Arizona guy. Um, that guy was competitive. He was a competitor. Watched him play at Mason Mountain View and then at BYU. Are you on his level of uh, competitiveness? <laughs> I would say so. Okay. Who's the most competitive, though, among the three of you? Because I'm sure you compete, obviously, on the field, but in other things. Like, we're seeing it yeah. come out with golf right now. I don't know if you could say that. Yeah, I don't a, know if we could point the one. Right the competition's right. coming out. I'd like to see what just happened right there. That was awesome. Okay, so obviously this is going to be a fun but stressful fall camp for you guys coming up. One of you is going to be the one. One of you is going to be the two. One of you is going to be the three. Do you have a preference on when you know 
Do you need a week? Do you need two if you're the guy against Arizona? Let's start with you, Jim. I mean, I'll speak for myself, and I'm sure they'll, they'll say the same thing. You know, after spending so much time every day prepping like you're the guy, I think whether it's two days, a day, a month, you know, all fall camp, I don't think it's going to matter for whoever's up there. You know, I think we'll, we'll just be ready to go, kind of take care of our business, and, and when the coaches let us know, they'll let us know. So I think that's kind of the maturity in the quarterback room and, and the seriousness we take for, you know, being ready to be the starter for game one. And luckily, the first game's in a small stadium with no fans, yeah. not on TV. Oh, wait, it's the opposite. Um, have you guys all envisioned, I imagine, and let's ask you, Baylor, what that moment's going to be like in Allegiant Stadium, packed full of fans? And it's not just the first game of the season. It's the first game yeah. out of the pandemic. Yeah, um, to be honest, I don't really think about how the stadium's going to be. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, don't, I, I just don't picture um, the loudness and environment. Uh, especially because we're going to have so many of our own fans there. Uh, feel more like a home game, I think. Um, but going back to what Jaron was saying, um, since we've been here, it's, every offseason has been a quarterback battle, a quarterback competition. So going into even fall camp. Even last year, people even, forget. Even last year. Um, so this is nothing new for us. This is how it is. They, they don't announce a starter till week one or game day or whenever it is. Um, and that really helps us to prepare all offseason like we are individually going to be the starter. And so no matter what happens during fall camp, each one of us is prepared for months on end that we're going to be the guy. And then, Jacob, playing Arizona in the first game as an Arizona <laughs> guy and then Arizona State coming up here, a couple fun games for you. I mean, ASU and U of A, I have a ton of, ton of teammates, uh, coaches even, that are on those staffs. And, I mean, I grew up going to the U of A games. It was more a home game for BYU, that's for sure. Yeah. And I know each and every one of us have envisioned being the guy. And we're going to treat it that way each and every day at practice. We're going to honor that. Whoever is named the starter, we're going to honor each other and respect one another. And, but we've all envisioned what's going to happen. Did you go to 2018, the season opener, I think? I did. Did you go to 06? Were you like <laughs> five or six years old maybe on that one? I don't uh, <laughs> <laughs> When John Beck was the quarterback? Yeah, that was an oldie. Back in yeah. 2006, old man Beck. Uh, all three yeah. quarterbacks with us on BYU Sports Nation. It is 2021 BYU Football Media Day. Let's switch gears a little bit. Again, let's bring up the Built for Life polos that we're all wearing. This is a brand-new program that's uh, been revealed in detail uh, as part of our Media Day coverage. And, Jacob, you are already kind of taking a step out there along with Cash Peterman and have set up a nonprofit organization. So tell us about your nonprofit and how it fits into the Built for Life movement. Yeah, um, Cash Peterman and I have started a nonprofit called Helmets for Hope. And he's posted on social media all the helmets he's creating, the kind of custom designs. And so when Billy and the Built for Life program reached out saying, hey, does anyone create, want to create a nonprofit program? As you can see some of these pictures, um, we jumped on it. And Cash is, Cash is the president, and I'm the vice president of this organization. And what we do at high schools and colleges, after a couple of years, they can't use their helmets anymore. And so they can donate to us, and they can use it as a tax write-off. And the money we use uh, when we create these helmets is going to kids in elementary to high school to get them the gear, uh, cleats, opportunities that we had when we were kids to go to camps to get, to get them ready to have opportunities for success. Okay, that's amazing uh, and, and an incredible venture. Where did this idea start? Uh, wh what was the genesis of it? Uh, BYU has done a great job of getting us out there, meeting uh, business owners and, and the whole subject around the, NI, the, NIL, the name, name, likeness, and image. And so that came around, and since that's not really passed yet, why not give back? Why not give the opportunity for these kids to realize that BYU is different, BYU is special, we're built for life. And this nonprofit organization is really going to jump off, and I'm excited for it just to see where it goes. 
And Baylor and Jaron, obviously the NFL is the goal, but there's life after the NFL, and if the NFL isn't there, there's life, right? So what is, what is Built for Life uh, going to do for the players like yourselves, Jaron? I think this gives us experiences, you know, right now, away from, you know, our classrooms, you know, away from the field, uh, to be out in the community, um, to kind of see the hard work that goes into life after football, you know, the, the ways that we can find success like Jake and make a difference, but also provide for our families. You know, so starting that now at this age and getting, you know, linked into to all these wonderful business owners. I mean, Utah's booming right now in the economy, right? You know, the best in the nation. So it's, it's a, honestly a privilege for us, and, and I hope that we're able to, to get you know, involved quickly here with that. You two uh, on the <coughs> left, Jaron and Baylor, are married guys. So you've got some grounding already. Add on the Built for Life. Jacob has at his nonprofit. What marital advice or dating advice would you give to Jacob as he approaches Get that? Get married ASAP, man. <laughs> Get married ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, the BYU thing, right? Uh, it is what it is. Okay, Baylor, is there a difference between being the backup and the starter in terms of the mentality and pressure going into a game? Because you've been on both sides of yeah. this, but the moment you're the starter versus Arizona, and maybe if you're the two or the three, is there a difference? No, there's really not. You're one play away no matter what. That could be the first play of the game. That could be the last play of the game. So you have to prepare as if you're the starter every single week. Oh, and that, that brings up uh, a point that, you know, I, I almost hate to bring up, but over the past decade at BYU, the seasons where a quarterback has gone start to finish with no injury have been few and far between. Taysom Hill had a season, Zach Wilson did it last year. So how do you prepare yourself mentally for that with, with the one, two, and three and, and uh, kind of stay in the moment knowing that you are one play away and not get psyched, too psyched out about that? Jaron, you specifically. I mean, I think from a physical standpoint, you know, to stay healthy, you know, you take care of yourself now, you do all the best you can. And then from a football standpoint for games, you know, it's – I think it's just as simple as Baylor said. You prepare, you watch film like you're the starter. You, you know, you're on the same page with the receivers as if you're the starter. You spend more time outside of practice, and you don't be afraid to, um, to act like you're the starter, right? Um, and to prepare that way. So I think I think it's just you know just that simple as Baylor put it. It's just a mindset, and it's it's an expectation. But you know, obviously, you hope that everyone stays healthy and and can play out the season. And in terms of your health, obviously a concussion is a scary thing. Multiple is scary as well from 2019. How are you feeling in handling uh, what you hope is a full season? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm, I think from the past, you know, whatever happened, happened. But plenty of guys have gone through that and then had, you know, successful, healthy careers. So I'm moving forward, putting that behind. You know, I've taken my time to learn and, and to read books and learn about how the you know, pros handle their bodies. And so just taking myself to another level of, of you know, appreciating my body, taking care of it better and, and hopefully just giving it the best chance to, to remain healthy. Safe to declare you are 100% healthy. You feel yeah, good right now. Absolutely. Okay. And Baylor. expecting a kid in two weeks, by the way. Good luck. That's yeah, exciting. That's, right. that's yeah, very exciting. Health, man, <laughs> <laughs> Sleep is a different matter, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Man. Okay, uh, Baylor, you dealt with some turf toe issues uh, when you were playing a couple of years back. Um, we might as well continue this health conversation. How are you yeah. feeling overall? Yeah, I mean, it's just been something here, something there since I've been here. But right now I feel the best I've felt um, in a really long time and feel good. Jacob, all's well, health all's front. Well. This is a healthy quarterback room, that's for sure. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. We should do this more often. This is awesome. This was, this was yeah, I, I want this once yes. a year now. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> that's great. Thanks for hanging out with this gentleman. Uh, we wish the best of luck to you moving forward. And uh, indeed, it is, it's a wealth of quarterbacks at BYU. Okay, coming up, Tyler Algier will tell us uh, how he'll average more than seven and a half yards of carry this year. Plus, linebacker Keenan Peely outlines the defense. We heard from the coordinator. Now we should hear from one of those linebackers that are the strength of that defensive side. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, BYU Sports Nation, right now we have a special episode coming up, uh, you know, tonight, tomorrow, uh, on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube accounts. Can't wait for that. All the content you could hope for for Media Day. Welcome back. We are live from Studio B once again. I like through, this dance. Through the fog machines, back and forth between two studios. Full disclosure, first segment, fog machine was coming through the door, and I'm thinking, is there a fire out there? Well, the fire no, alarm would be going off, we hope, right? It was, a, you'd think, it was a fog machine, no worries. <laughs> but I'm looking over at Kalani's shoulder like, oh my gosh, what's going on? He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Ah, yes, the fog machine. Yeah, there's the fog, yep. It's does, all set up. does create for some cool pictures. And yes, there, uh, yes, I think that does. was Jacob Conover walking around the corner there. Oh, just getting some picks, getting man. Some picks in. Like the WWE here. Okay, enough of the quarterbacks. It's time to focus on the defensive side of the ball, and yeah. specifically with Keenan Peely, one of those outstanding linebackers at BYU, who is with us in studio. Be Keenan, welcome to the show on oh, Media Keenan? Day. Thank you. Good to be here. Hair's looking good, good dude. What kind of conditioner are we talking about here? Not much, honestly. <laughs> People usually think I get a perm, but it's just water. That's, that's it's natural. Just water. That's all natural. Just water. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Listen, the hair poking out of the helmet's a real thing. That matters. It does. The look to me it does. matters. <laughs> to me it does. Just, just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. Your hero, Troy Polamalu? A little bit, I'd okay. say. Yeah, a little bit. Trajan never really did that. Yeah, not really. He no. has straight hair. He has straight, straight hair. hair. Okay. He yeah. wasn't blessed with yeah. the locks, the, the curls. The luscious locks. Yes. I got curly hair. It's beautiful. Okay. Uh, now that we've discussed the hair, on to the BYU defense. We heard from your defensive coordinator. We said, hey, what's the strength of the team? He was very quick to point out it's the linebackers. What about the BYU linebackers makes you so consistently good from year to year? Um, well, I'll just give it right back to the, the coaching. I think they do a good job in prepping us for um, every game and, and before the season. We've also obviously always had good leaders in the linebacker crew. Last year, Isaiah Kalfusi, I think he really um, took us all under his wing. And I think that's led to us being a, a solid group of linebackers. Okay, who year. came up with Frodo, the Frodo, the name for Frodo, the position? I'm going to be honest, I, I don't know either. I, see, I, heard, I heard about this. <laughs> the Frodo, yeah. I, I think, I, I don't, not too sure really what that is yet, but I'm sure they have a, <laughs> have well, a good position. Yeah, and then, for you know, Joker for safeties. Okay. Yeah, Joker. Yeah, we got we to gotta learn who came up with this. We don't know. It's a good question. That yeah. was a good question. Okay, so you, you're, you're penciled in. Well, this is actually an ink uh, at the Mike linebacker, the starter. Yeah. Um, what, what, kind of, what kind of positive pressure do you feel as the Mike linebacker at BYU? That's a pretty big spot. You're it the is. quarterback of the defense. It is. It is. Um, you know, with all that pressure, I think it uh, just comes with preparation for me and, and trying to be a, a leader for the defense, I think trying to take on a bigger role of, of understanding where everyone should be, where everyone needs to go, and being able to talk and, and get everyone aligned on the field, I think is a cool responsibility. Walk us through the logistics of that. So pre-snap, as the middle linebacker, what exactly are you up to in those communications? Um, well, pre-snap, I kind of worked my way back. Uh, I had Pete Wilgar and Max who helped me great, uh, have them deal with the D-line. I tried to get the the back four, and we just try to communicate with each other and try to get one on the same page. You mentioned Isaiah Kafusi and what he meant to the defense last year. He certainly was a leader in every sense of the word. What did you learn from him that's going to help you this year? Um, I think the biggest thing I learned from Isaiah was um, just his selflessness to the team. I think he, he gave 
everything he had on the field, but not only that, off the field to the people around him, not specifically just to our linebacker group, but to the whole defense. He really took the time to think about how he can help people individually. I think that was a cool thing he did. What's it like going up against in practice Tyler Algier, who was a linebacker in 2019 with you? Yeah, he was. He was a linebacker. <laughs> we always joke with him to come back, but he definitely be, he definitely belongs there right back. I was going to say, He's after last nice. year, there's no way, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's it's cool to go up against him. We always try to uh, line up with each other because, you know, you get good reps with him, good reps with Lopini, and those guys, they only going to make you better in practice. Could you catch Tyler if he broke away from the BYU Lambers? Would you catch him? That's a good question. I think we should test it out. <laughs> You'll have plenty of uh, opportunities coming up in uh, fall camp. Okay, yeah. obviously last year was so amazing. You guys were the number four scoring defense, just incredible. Now you move to this year. What's sustainable from last year as opposed to perhaps something that was an outlier? Okay. Um, I think something we're, we're taking from last year that I think a lot of not, people, not much people talk about is that our young guys got a lot of reps last year. Kalani you know, talked about that. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah many, many guys were able to get, you know, valuable reps on a big stage. So I think we're able to take that into this year, um, which is unique with COVID, that people were sitting out. Um, our strength of schedule, sometimes our starters were out by halftime. So taking all these guys who took these reps really helps us this year. Who are some of those guys who took more reps that, that you know are going to play a bigger role this year? Shoot, I think D-line, D-line is definitely going to step up. The D-line got um, a taste. Um, linebackers as well. Um, Any names of guys that specifically you think are, hey, by the end of the season, you, you're going to know their name and they didn't, we're not talking about them now. Yeah. Um, obviously, you saw some, some guys on D-line like, Tyler Batty, I think. But like Pepe has three sacks in a game, and we're like, who's this guy? Yeah, yeah right? nowhere. Right? And then he got hurt, right? Yeah. Pepe was great against Navy, kind of got hurt. Yep, Pepe, Pepe is a good one to watch out for. And um, we definitely got some young guys at Becker that are coming up. Ben Bywater. Uh, oh, you mean the Frodo starter? He's, he's the Frodo guy. The Frodo man. The Frodo. He's going <laughs> to destroy the, the ring, baby. <laughs> Drew Jensen. With That's him a as well. special role right there. Ben Bywater is the Frodo <laughs> man. I, I want to yeah. know who the Lord of the Rings fan was. I love Lord of the Rings. I'm, I'm stoked Lord about this. Too. Yeah, nice, dude. Where's Legolas? <laughs> yeah. Maybe as a receiver? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Keenan Peely with this on BYU Sports Nation. You got into something you had no idea about. Where's, 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 uh, where's Gimli and Gandalf, you know? Uh, <laughs> you shall not pass. Yeah, that could be uh, a, you okay. know, a quarterback. A good defensive thing. Safety, okay. maybe. Okay, uh, Keenan, I, I do want to ask you about the Peely family name. It obviously is very associated with BYU football. Your sister worked here, too. We love the Peelys. Yeah, yes. she was great. There have been several. So where do you fit into the hierarchy of great Peelys at BYU? Um, Brother-in-laws included, Moroni Laluputito. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, just want to be in the footsteps. I feel like I, I have so many people, good people to look up to. So just to be in their footsteps, to take what they've given me and try to do something better with it, that's where I like to be. Oh, outstanding answer. How's the approach with certainly a different kind of schedule? Last year you just had to play that schedule, right? You did yeah. what you did, and you guys were amazing. Now, you play seven power fives. You're opening up in an NFL stadium, which is going to be yep. awesome. Packed house. It'll be great. What's the is there a different approach to playing a tougher schedule in terms of your preparation? Um, I'd say the only change is actually knowing who we're going to play. 
It was. <laughs> it's nice. That a few months before. That helps. You're like, sorry, who? Yeah. yeah. Knowing that we're gonna play at all, <laughs> it would be nice. I think those two things, especially, help because um, we're able to watch film like throughout all this off season. We're going through film on all the teams we're gonna play this year. I think that helps in the long run. So I say that's the only thing that's changed from last year. Do you have your eye on uh, the home opener at all? I do. Hey, it's my hometown, um, Las Vegas. So I'm excited to to go home and play a good team like Arizona. Sure. And, the, and then the next week, uh, somebody comes to town as well. Yes. Yes, they do. Yes. <laughs> that'll be that'll be special, right? Home opener, packed Lavelle Edwards Stadium on 9/11. That'll be oh, pretty special. Oh, okay. That'll be yeah. pretty special. Yeah. yeah. That will be special. That's gonna be a good game. Yeah. All right, uh, let's finish with this. How have you improved the most as a football player over the last six months? Because we don't hear a lot between the months of December and June. Yeah. Obviously, the physical aspect is important, but even more than that, trying to take that step mentally, um, understanding concepts, when and when things aren't going to happen, and trying to really take a bigger role in the film world, I'd say is, is the... Next up. I was just waiting for you to include the hair, too. The like, hair, I yeah. really thought over the last six months my, uh, my hair has made who, drastic improvements. Who has the most swag on the defense? The guy that most you walk swag? out there and you're like, dude, he looks incredible and has got it. I mean, I'm not bad myself, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, I'll give that to the whole cornerback room. You know, okay. All, the, all, oh, yeah. all those guys kind of swag out every... Saturday, so. D'Angelo Mandel, Keenan Ellis, you Isaiah Heron, Isaiah Shimon Willis. Isaiah Heron definitely. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> right? He's great. I, I'm looking forward to uh, Jacques Wilson as well. He, he, got hurt. he got hurt. Yeah. He's, he's going to be a baller too, so that's going to be fun. All right, Keenan, thanks for hanging out on Media Day, man. Thank you for having me. I don't think Appreciate we've uh, really chatted with you much, so this was great. No, yeah. This was, was a good time. Oh, you Thanks get named the starter, me. now uh, we bring you in. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> We're fickle like that. Yeah, us. yeah. Good to see you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, coming up, can the BYU offense approximate last year's production? We'll talk to offensive coordinator Aaron Rodgers. Hey, we talked about uh, Tyler Algier with Keenan. Let's hear from Tyler Algier next. He's one of the best running backs in the country, making his way to Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. Got a haircut. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Welcome back to BYU Football Media Day 2021. He is Jerem, I am Spencer, and yes, this is BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now in studio is one of the best running backs in the entire country. His name is Tyler Algier. Tyler, welcome to Media Day 2021. I appreciate you guys for having me. It's good to see you, man. Uh, you got a lot of wristbands on. Let's talk about some of the messages here. What do you, what do you have here? Uh, so this one's uh, Noah Strong, who we saw uh, it was sometime, sometime in January or February. Went to go see, the, see this kid mm-hmm. who had, uh, ended up having cancer. And then this one was a SoFi Bowl. We got a Hope, Hope Recovery. Hope Recovery, you're not alone, you know, for suicide. Mm-hmm. For suicide and all that. And then we just... I am the storm before BYU football, and then we got a uh, Helensky Hope. Helensky Hope, yep. Yes, sir. Yep. Tyler Helensky. Love that. Okay, so uh, 2020 was just amazing, man. Did you expect for the season to have the season you had? Because you, you had one of the best rushing seasons BYU's ever had. Yeah, so honestly, it was, it was just game by game, by game, <laughs> game by game type thing, but you know, really, really worked, worked hard, and I think uh, the whole offense worked hard just to get where we were at in that season. Seven and a half yards of carry is second only to Luke Staley's Doak Walker award-winning year. That was pretty good, man. No, I appreciate did, did, that. After the season, did you look back ever and go, man, that was pretty good? 
Um, it was all right. <laughs> it was okay. Yeah, that's okay. I expect you know, that. You know. You're very by, subtle in this. By an average you know? eight yards carry, maybe it was good. <laughs> it was great, man. No, I appreciate awesome. that. Okay, Tyler, we heard uh, that you ran a sub 4-4 40-yard dash recently. Yeah, tell us about that. Can you confirm the rumors? Can confirm the rumors. Oh, so. okay. So what are we talking about exactly? So what was it? Uh, four... Four and four nine something, and then the second one. No, no, no four nine. Four 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 nine, and then no. Four three four three nine. There we go. Four three nine, and then the second one was like a four four four. Okay. So, okay. Did, did you su- did, did you surprise yourself in this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, you you became. We knew you were good before because you had shown some flashes of brilliance. But at the end of 2019, obviously UMass, you just go off. And then Hawaii, you were you were really good too. You get the Scully, and then coming into the year, it was like, okay, Tyler Algiers and Lopini Katoa are the guys. How did you evolve into the back you became? What what did it take? Where did you feel like you grew the most? You know, it was just a lot of competition. You know, just especially having Lopini, Lopini in the backfield with me, and uh, just really a lot of competition and just making ourselves better. So you know, if he did something, you know, I had to try to match it, or if I did something, he had to try to match it. So, you know, there's just a lot of competition in that room. So you're gonna have to do a diving catch now. Is that the? That's yeah. <laughs> I have to check that off the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the list right like now. That, that, that was that was gnarly, end. right? That was so nice. That was that was uh, you know it's that versus Neil Pau for catch of the year. No, that's true. UTSA, that was incredible. Okay, was well incredible. let's keep the competition theme rolling because we just talked to Keenan Peely, one of your good friends, who's a linebacker, yes, and I asked him, okay, do you think you could catch Tyler Algier if he broke away from you at the linebacker position? He said, hmm. It's a good question. Maybe we'd uh, maybe we should uh, simulate that. Would he catch you if you broke away? Honestly, Keenan's actually really fast. Really fast. That he he might he might not think he's fast, but he's actually really fast. Mm. So you know, it might be fifty. It's like fifty fifty. Yeah. Okay. 50-50, you know, it depends depends uh, how the hole is, and you know, just if we're one on one or whatever. But you know, only time can tell. <laughs> so we'll see we'll see what happens fall camp. Fall camp. So, Listen, so exactly. There's a lot of running backs who played linebacker. In high school, not in college. So how, how did playing backer for a bunch of 2019 help you be a better running back? Honestly, that was probably, like, the biggest blessing that I could have had that really, like, changed the aspect in my knowledge of the game for running back that put me in mm. in that situation. How so? So, honestly, just shooting, like, uh, for blocking. Blocking, you know, linebackers always have to use their hands, so blocking and, honestly, seeing the linebackers and where – they're supposed to be in the hole, and then translating that into running backs to so what gap they got. So that kind of little, like, scheme-wise. Wow. That. Did, did that help immediately, like in 2019, or did it take that offseason into 2020 to really understand that? It was really both. Yeah, I would say it was both. Yeah. So 2020 against Navy, you have this breakout performance, right? Um, you know, UMass was incredible, but when you do it at Navy, it's like, whoa. Um, after that game, did you – did you get a, a different kind of confidence knowing, okay, I can do this. I'm a running back. This is our team. This is a new year. I'm, I, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I would say that. Or did you feel that before? <clears throat> no, I would say – no, I, I, felt it, I felt it before, you know, especially with how hard, mm. how hard we all practice and all that. You know, we, just, we, we all just had our minds right that, you know, we're going to come in the Navy and show what, we, what, what BYU football can do. You know, we all trusted each other, and that's what happened. Tyler Algier with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU running back, headed for uh, the end zone, we think, a lot of times in the 2021 season. Were you um, against Coastal on the last play? Throwing to Dax is the right move. It definitely is. In hindsight, you can always look at another option, right? Oh, for sure. 
you were, you were pretty open. <laughs> so you try and block that out? Or you're like, hey! Like, no, honestly, I, I wasn't even part of the read, but, you know, you, mm. you know, just thinking about it, just like, you know, what, like, what if, like, the D-line ended up going through and, you know, Zach had the run out, you know, we had me and Neil open, but, you know, we're not even part of the read, so, you know. Sure. It's just it's just one one yard short, one yard. Yeah. One yard no, I saw exactly. that teal, and I had I just brought it back to me. I'm sorry, I had to, <laughs> uh, I had to bring it up. All right, Tyler. Uh, as you prepare for seven Power Five opponents, what do you think is going to be the most noticeable difference when you're running behind that offensive line and trying to pick apart uh, linebackers and where they're supposed to be and, and whatnot, knowing that the, the level of competition is going to be a significant step up? Yeah. So honestly, I would say. Really, line difference. Line difference. You know, we lost. We lost a lot of guys. But you know, I honestly love my love my own line. So you know, it isn't. So you know, and what they do and what they've been doing this offseason. You know, I I trust them. You know, I think we'll have the same season as last year. Hopefully, hopefully, obviously, we'll say we'll play it game by game. But you know, just studying film, studying film, and uh, knowing what the defense is doing will help both me and the line do our part. Okay. And the hope is offensively, you can approximate what happened last year. Obviously. It's a different quarterback, but it's still Aaron Roderick. It's still Fested Tuck. It's still Steve Clark and, and company. And it's Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney who have been in the room. Jacob Conover had last season. So how do you feel like you guys can approximate what you did last year despite losing some notable players? You know, obviously, we, had, we yeah, like you said, we lost some notable players. And, you know, but we, I think, I believe we have the pieces to literally put the glue together and put the puzzle to, to make the puzzle right. Tell us about the quarterbacks because there's going to be a fun competition um, that we're in the middle of. It feels like whoever starts, that's going to be a great option. Um, what's it like for you to be a running back and watch and sort of work with three different guys? You know, it's just uh, just seeing all their styles. You know, all of them, all of them have an arm. All of them can do a lot of things, a lot of things different, differently that literally puts them apart. But you know, I love all my quarterbacks. All. All eight of them, or whatever. But, but those, but those three that are fine right now, you know, it's going to be a competition, and whoever, whoever we go with, you know, I'll be, we'll, we'll all be ready. And Tyler, you're listed as one of the top 25 running backs uh, in the country according to a number of publications. You deserve it. You had a great season. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the 2021 season. Appreciate Thanks for that. coming in to hang out with us, man. No, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Okay, coming up, the best thing we've heard today, and Aaron Roderick. Can we get him to reveal anything about the race for the starting quarterback <laughs> position at BYU? Now he doesn't. We're going to pull out some tricks here. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up at 3 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app, BYU Football, a history of offensive innovation. How the Cougars have been an offensive trend center in college football historically. Coming up 3 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. All day football, media day 2021 and BYU Sports Nation in the midst of a two-hour special. Winding down in hour number two and saving some of the best for last, including offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick of BYU Football, who is back with us in studio. Be coach, thanks for hanging out on media day. Great to be here. You uh, have had some big changes in your life recently, including uh, a new baby boy now. So uh, how, how is the work-life balance right now for you? Uh, it's been good. Kalani's pretty great to work for, so that's, it's been great. Um, yeah, but the three-month-old is, uh, at my age has been a challenge for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, so, it's been fun. What's more challenging, that or, or navigating who the starting quarterback will be? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, the quarterback thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've lost more sleep over the quarterback than I have from sure. the media. Sure, sure. Uh, okay, so is it a stressful experience here? And, and at the end of the day, is it going to be, obviously it's this, like, Klein is the boss, but you're the OC. Like, how will that decision-making process go down? Well, the, all the all, all you involve the offensive staff in that decision. I've got Fessy, who's been a coordinator before. Steve Clark's been a coordinator before. Daryl Funk's been a coordinator before. Um, I'll, we'll all be involved in in you know coming up with who we think the best option is, and then we'll we'll run it by Kalani and see if he's good with it. Kalani's always chiming in on you know after practices and stuff, and even during practices, he'll he'll have his input. So it'll be a collective decision and. Um, ultimately, though, it'll come down to Kalani and I. Okay, so you're going to get overloaded with the question of who, who's going to be the starting quarterback. We're not. We're RDM. not. RDM. We're not we, going to go there. We're not going to go there. We have go a there. better question. Yes. Yeah. We just want you to tell us who your second and third string quarterbacks are. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, I, I wish I could answer it. I really do. Um, but seriously, I do take this very this responsibility very seriously. Yeah. I I. Um, I feel an obligation, first of all, to our team, to our, our, our fans, to, to make the best decision I can. And I feel a great obligation to our quarterbacks. I mean, I love those guys. I, that I, they work so hard. They're great guys. And uh, I want to do right by them. You know, I, sure. want, I want to make it fair and give everybody a great chance. And But, it, you know, there's a great chance we're going to need more than one of them to get through this schedule. It's just the way it is in college football now. I mean, there's about – about 20 teams a year out of 130 that make it through 12 games with one guy. Wild. It, it, that's that's a that's a real thing. Mm. So either due to injury or or sometimes a guy struggles, but whatever. But not very often nowadays do you get through 12 games with one player. And so everybody's got to be professional about it and and just do their best and then and then work work our way through it. BYU was one of those 20 last year, which was really special yeah. with Zach. Which was and 2013 with Taysom Hill. That's the only two in the last 10 years for BYU, injuries or ineptitude. Uh, yeah. You know we've talked about. So in this decision-making process, if someone had emerged and stuck out, would you have named them already? Yeah, of course. And I, but all three were good. Yeah, and if 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 somebody does that in the first couple of weeks of fall camp, and it's clearly they're clearly undoubtedly the guy, then we'll say so. Um, if it remains close, like I think it will, we'll make the best decision we can, and we might not say anything until kickoff of Arizona. Okay. I mean, I mean there's a chance it could come to that. Um, not, not that I mean, the team would know earlier than that, obviously. Right. But we might not say anything publicly. Because Strategically. Why would we? If 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 we can hang on to any tiny little advantage to win that first game, we might as well. And so I don't want anybody to be mad at me if that's what we do. Um, but if someone's clearly the guy and they've established themselves early on, then good chance we'll just say who it is. We spoke with all three quarterbacks together roughly 40 minutes ago to open up hour number two of this BYU Sports Nation special, and it's clear they're all very mature. Yeah. Um, so that's our perspective. From your offensive coordinator perspective, why do you feel like all three of them will be able to handle whatever the news is whenever it comes? Uh, because of that maturity, really. I mean, th these guys are these guys are very professional. I think also, it's in the case of Baylor and Jaron, they've been through enough here to know the burden that the starting quarterback carries. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you really there's a high expectation at this place. I mean, the quarterback gets a lot of scrutiny. It wasn't that long ago that there was a lot of criticism of Zach Wilson, right? I mean, that was not very long ago. Um, 
Baylor knows what that feels like. Jaron knows what that feels like. They watched Zach go through it. They've experienced some of it themselves. They've battled through injuries. Um, so th those guys know it's a long season and it's a long career. And I think we talk about that a lot, that there's, there's still a lot of football left for all those guys. you got two sophomores and a freshman. So um, I think if, if they can just keep a, a long-term perspective here, no, no matter who plays against Arizona, there's still a great opportunity for all three of them to have a, a, a good career at BYU. And we're talking about the starter as if it's the whole season, but actually it's for Arizona. And then you see right. where you're at after that, right? Especially yeah. because you have three good ones? Yeah, and I definitely, I've never been a guy who has a quick hook. I mean, I think you, you deserve the right to play through some mistakes. I don't ever, I don't think it's good to be looking over your shoulder or feeling like you're going to get yanked any second. So whoever starts, I'll, I'll stick with them and play them for a bit. Um, but uh, we're not, um, we're not a, uh, you know, it, the starting job is something you got to, Earn, you got to earn the right to keep that job every week. You don't just get named the starter and then you play 12 games automatically. You got to you got to keep playing well to earn it. And um, but I definitely believe those guys can do it. And you had experience at BYU yourself. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong with uh, Federick and Drew Miller and some of that, right? So yeah. you've seen that dance, of course, at Utah and everything. Yeah, I mean, it happened. It's happened so many times in the last 22 years I've been coaching and in the years I was a player, and you see it happen play out all over college football and the NFL. Um, it's a it's a production oriented business and you gotta you gotta take care of the ball, move the team and score touchdowns. That's the job. Aaron Roderick, BYU offensive coordinator with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's now talk about how your position has changed with the departure of Jeff Grimes to Baylor. Now you I don't know if you feel liberated more or what your mindset is like, but let, let's walk through that. How do you feel as the offensive coordinator being the guy that now moves all of those chips? Well, it hasn't changed as much as you might think because we had six coaches on offense. So we all had our positions, and then Grimey was sort of roaming. You know, he, he worked a lot with the offensive line, but he could he could he might go over and be involved with running backs or tight ends or even quarterbacks. And, and so we all had our, our responsibilities delegated among us. And then Grimey was the roamer. He was the extra guy. And, and uh, he did a great job delegating. He did a great job leading the charge. He did a great job establishing a culture of toughness in our, in our, in our offense. But um, with his departure, our responsibilities all just stay the same. You know, Fessy still does what he does. Coach Clark does what he does. And we, we're coaching the same position groups. We've got the same weekly responsibilities. Really didn't change anything. And I don't see our offense changing a lot. And um, so in a way, I, I feel like it's kind of the same job. Huh. And, and, uh, and I, I, hope, I hope that the other guys feel that way too because I think we're in a good groove and we've got a good, good thing going. And, and I think the worst thing I could do is mess with that and try to change it up too much. And it's been a build here. You, you've talked about this publicly and privately about, hey, it's taken a few years to yeah. do this. You get Zach Wilson in 2018, and Brady Christensen is starting at left tackle, and then in year three, bang, something yeah. happened, right? Do you feel like you can build off of, of that last year? Because normally you would look and go, oh, you lost a first-team All-American left tackle in the number two pick. That offense is going to struggle. Yet we look at those experienced quarterbacks coming back, the good backups on the O-line filling in, the receivers got better with the Nakuas despite the loss of Dax Milne. Dallin Holker comes back. Yeah. I'm stoked about the offense this year. Yeah, me too. I, I don't look. I don't think of it about 
in terms of who we lost. I look at who's on that depth chart, who's coming back, and how many of those guys have played a lot of football games for us. I mean, you know, we're going to move Blake Freeland over to left tackle. Blake Freeland's played a lot of football already, mm. a lot, and he's six foot nine and really good. <laughs> so <laughs> I hate to lose Brady, but I'm glad that that's the guy taking his place. You know, he's played a lot of football. Same with Harris Lachance at right tackle. I mean, he's started a lot of games here and, and played in a lot of games. Um, so we, we have good players taking their places. You know, you hate to lose a great player like Dax Milne, but, um, you know, we add Puka and Samson. And I think Neil Pau is the most underrated player in this whole program. Mm. That guy was really good player for us last year. He was um, very underrated, does so many things so well. Um, so I just look at how, much, how many returning players we have that have played a lot of ball, and Dallin being another one that you add to the mix. Um, so I don't, I don't think about who's not here. I think about who we have, and, and there's a lot of experience there. How do you feel like you've grown the most as a play caller over your three now plus years at BYU specifically? Um, just, I, well, it really starts with uh, just, we, we have a, a program, sort of program-wide thing that we're going to be aggressive and um, attack downfield. And we want to we be an aggressive offense that, um, you know, I don't ever hear anything from Kalani except go, like, let's score. Like, <laughs> he's, he's not. He's not one to, he, he, he's, you know, it's funny, he's been a defensive coach most of his career, but he's still an offensive guy in, in, in his heart. He played offense. His first couple coaching jobs were offense. And uh, so people think of him as a defensive guy, but in his heart of hearts, he wants to have an explosive offense. He wants to score. And so it sort of starts there, I think. And then... Um, that's that's really that's really the biggest thing and then there's just been there's been a history of good offense here and so you you feel an obligation to live up to that and I think everybody does and so that's that's a fun challenge are stats still for losers <laughs> yes. stats, are for losers. stats you know I, I do I do think that I think there are I think uh, a lot of the stats that get focused on are not the ones that lead to winning mm. and and so, you know, how many yards you pass for yeah. is, is not a great stat. Yeah. You know, but how many, how many yards per pass attempt? Mm. That one matters. That's, that's, the that's, that's what matters. We, we need know, to have does. you lay out a chart. We need that, the Aaron Roderick qualified stats chart. Synergy. Yeah. <laughs> there are some, yeah, you know. I didn't quite get that. Siri wants to get involved. involved. She wants the offensive stats as well. And Aaron, we've got to bounce, but our next conversation will be about the stats that matter. Okay. Because stats are for losers, and I'm a loser. Okay, coming up. (laughs) Thanks, Rise and Shadow. Thanks, Aaron. (laughs) And the best thing that we have heard today, other than stats are for losers. (laughs) We've known that for years, from (laughs) Aaron. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Some images from our two-hour special. It's been a fun show today. It's been awesome, man. I've really enjoyed uh, talking to everybody, talking to all three quarterbacks, talking about Built for Life uh, with those guys. That was great. That was great. Some uh, real headway being made by the BYU football program. 
and the, on and off the field. The energy of having guests back in studio was so fun. It, it felt like old hat. It really did. Like yes. jumping back on the bicycle, not weird at all. Totally awesome. Loved it. All right. Typically, we have uh, an elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, but we didn't have an official uh, question today. So I'm just going to go with the elite quote of the day, and uh, I, I think it goes to who's nic- quote who's Nickelback from who's Eli Nickelback? Stu- who's Eli Nickelback? Stu- okay. How do you not know who Nickelback is? <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. All right, today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Jeremy, how about all of our in-studio guests today? Yeah, great to talk to everybody. Obviously super stoked about the season. This is going to be a good season. Will it yield the same results as last year in terms of wins and losses? No, but if it's an 8 or 9, I think that's relatively really good against that schedule. Just 10 yards per pass attempt, right? (laughs) That's really high, bro. I I would take uh, 9 plus. Thanks again to all of today's guests. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, we ran out of time. Two-hour show, still didn't have time for you. Amazing. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Lavelle and Patty Edwards. Media Day coverage not done. Web chats, Jason Shepard up next on the BYU TV app. Tune in at 3 Eastern for BYU football, a history of offensive innovation. Go Cougs.